Oh, listen, dear one, I am thrilled to announce I have a brand new private coaching container opening up called Full Immersion Coaching. This is you and me working together privately as I become your mentor and soul guide for an entire year, providing you with the full support you need to grow a massively successful and prosperous heart-led business. To get all the details, DM me on Facebook or Instagram or send an email to allison at allisonscammell.com and say, tell me more about Full Immersion Coaching. I look forward to hearing from you. Hello, my dear ones. I'm really excited to share this episode with you because I had an amazing chat with my friend, Miriam Shulman, who is doing amazing things in the world. She's got an on-fire business, and she helps artists to sell their stuff. And she helps these artists kick the starving artist mentality to the curb. And I know that in this audience, there are actual artists who are selling art, and there's also coaches, healers, astrologers, writers, real estate agents, yoga studio owners. I'm just thinking of the people I know. Who else is in here? People who make jewelry, people who work with youth, work with children, work with parents. Oh, all sorts. And I think we all fall into the trap of starving artist mentality when it comes to our business. And I have to say, Miriam and I talk about way more than just that today. We sort of talk about all sorts of things. It's just a really deep and meaningful exchange we had that was in service to you. So I hope that you really receive from today's episode. But before I get into all that, I would love to share with you a listener review that really touched my heart. This comes from Anna from the UK, and she says, Allison's intuitive insight and approach to conscious business building is fresh and easeful. The advice and methods given are easy to follow and implement without the confusion that often comes with business strategy. Yes, Anna. I love how trusting myself and waking up to intuitive nudges is helping my business to progress and my work-life balance to be happier, more adventurous, and full of energy. Press play. Oh my gosh, Anna, I absolutely loved that review. Thank you so much from my heart. And I think it really gets into beautifully what Miriam and I are exploring today, how to wake up to our intuitive nudges and find that work-life balance to be happier, more adventurous, and full of energy. Really like couldn't be a better intro to Miriam and I's conversation. So let's go to it. In today's episode, Miriam shares with us how she has helped thousands of artists kick the starving artist mentality to the curb. Her recent discoveries that came about from deep decluttering of her house and art studio and how she has also recently upgraded her own intuitive gifts in a way that has enabled her to create from a new and deeper place. We end on an invitation that will have you connecting deeply to yourself and how you want to be and create in the world. So please stay with us until the end. Welcome to Soul Guide Radio, a podcast for soul-guided leaders, influencers, and entrepreneurs here to bring about change on a massive level. We'll explore how you can 
activate your big soul mission, amplify your spiritual gifts, and clear the energy blocks weighing you down so you can gain unstoppable momentum in life and business. I'm Allison Scammell, your host and soul guide. Hey there, Soul Guide Circle. That is the name of this community of soul-guided leaders, influencers, and entrepreneurs. In the Soul Guide Circle, we have big soul missions, and we yearn to earn more, serve more, and grow spiritually along the way. If you aren't already a member, then I invite you from my heart to join our Facebook group of over 1,700 leaders and lightworkers who are in service to each other and the planet. Find a link to join on my website, alisonscammell.com or in the show notes. Today's guest is Miriam Shulman, and we chat about all sorts of things that are going to help you connect deeper to yourself, your gifts, your creativity, so you can start earning more money in your business and experiencing more balance and joy. Today's guest is my friend Miriam Shulman, and she is an artist and founder of The Inspiration Place where she helps other artists learn how to profit from their passion. Through her online classes, business coaching programs, and top-ranked podcast, she's helped thousands of creatives around the world develop their skill sets and create more time and freedom to do what they love. Her signature program, The Artist Incubator, has helped dozens of artists go from so-so sales to sold-out collections. I was lucky enough to recently be a guest on Miriam's podcast, amazing podcast, The Inspiration Place, where we talk about how to upgrade your intuitive gifts. And Miriam shares even more about her journey into doing that for herself. So we've also left a link to that podcast episode in the show notes, and I really invite you to check it out. I always learned so much from Miriam's amazing wisdom. Please enjoy. Miriam, welcome to Soul Guide Radio. Well, thanks for having me, Allison. This is so much fun. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited for this interview. You were a guest on my old podcast, She Grows, and my podcast is upgraded. And so I'm so excited and so happy to have you back. It's great. I mean, the last one was awesome too. So those podcasts still exist, right? We can still they listen do. to them. It's a, it's a new channel. We It is. They, they all exist. And we'll put a link in the show notes because... You talked about something super awesome in the last episode. It's your five, it's the five parts to selling your stuff. Yeah. It's the, thank you for, for that. Like great segue. It's the passion to profit framework. (laughs) It's, I love alliterations. It's all P's. I will go, I will quickly say what the five P's are, but you should go listen to that episode to really go in depth. So it is production, pricing, prospecting, promotion and productivity which is how I help artists understand to make a sustainable business out of their creativity. But anyone who's any kind of business person will recognize that those five plans are for any kind of business. So we all have to produce things to sell, price them for profit, find prospects to buy it, promote the shit out of everything. Oh, wait, I forgot to ask you. Is this a clean show? It is not. So be be free. That's about as dirty as I get though. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Promote, promote the, then I'm going to use another dirty word because you gave me a impression. I'm just kidding. 
<laughs> promote the shit out of it and then stay productive so you're not spinning an overwhelm. And of course, mindset threads throughout all these things because that's what keeps us from getting in the way of doing these things. If we were like Kano Reeves in the Matrix and could be programmed like robots, we'd all be millionaires. <laughs> so let's great. start with that. I love it. And I love the five Ps. And I think so often... Maybe this happens more at the start of the journey, but I think it always kind of stays with you. You get these lofty goals and then, you know, I have this annual income goal in mind, but then you don't go through the five P's. And then, it, you know, when you when you don't kind of think through like how and I know like law of attraction gurus say, well, don't think about the how. But I think that it's like having the plan in place and it gets gets your mind supporting your goals. Like, yeah, I can do this. Well, yeah, well, that, that was like the whole thing is I was all into law of attraction and, and I mean, I still am, but part of it is taking those inspired action. So the production really, it, it, okay. So I don't, we're going to get into this. So the production part is really like just saying, okay, if I want to make, I'm going to say a hundred thousand dollars a year. Cause I'm going to assume that your audience, that's where a lot of them are at. Is that right? Okay. Yeah, if I'm going to make a yeah. hundred thousand dollars a year. And I'm, I build websites and I'm charging a thousand dollars a website. Well, now I have to find a hundred customers. And how long does it take me to build a website? Well, if I need a hundred customers, that means I'm doing two websites a week if I'm only charging a thousand dollars. So with, with no vacations, with no, right. Without going to the bathroom. <laughs> so like that's what the production plan really is asking you to look at if you were to look at what and it, it's hand in hand with the pricing part. If you were to look at your services, what you're to production is more like what you're capable of producing and what you are producing and look at what the prices are of everything and you do the math. So it's just math. So boring, but that's what it is. Does that add up to what you want? Like, so if you were completely sold out at your current rates, is that going to give you the number? Because if it's not, law of attraction can't help you. Exactly. They, you know, good. they can't. Yeah. So good. So good. I love it. And I, I'm glad we're going, we're, we're dipping our toe in it. If you're interested to learn more, I highly recommend checking out that old episode. But I, I have a sense that there's some listeners out there who just kind of needed that reminder. I don't know. It's more than a reminder, but that insight. So let's move into mindset. Yeah. Because I think that is so. Important. And I love this idea of kicking the starving artist mentality to the curb. And we have a lot of artists in this audience, but a lot of people in the service sector, coaches, healers, writers. And, and you, Miriam, have had a, you know, in your, you, you, you've had a lot of different careers. You've had like, tell us a little bit about your, cause you, you've had a really, really interesting experience. I wanted to be an artist, but everyone told me I couldn't make money as an artist. So I, I just said to myself, okay, well, if the point is to make money, where can I make the most money possible? <laughs> That's why I right. went to Wall Street. <laughs> like, you know, and I don't regret that because I saved some money and then I eventually quit my job after 9-11 happened. I was like, I actually, I actually, to, to be fair, I quit my job before 9-11 happened, but I was, I was thought I was taking an extended maternity leave. And when 9-11 happened, I was like, oh, okay, that's a sign from the universe. Yeah. You know, I yeah. watched I watched the building I used to work at crumble to the ground. So um like, okay, if I thought this was something I wanted to do and I need looking for a sign, this is my sign. And I know right now millions of people are walking away from their job. It's they call it the economists are calling it the great resignation. We've had record numbers of people quitting jobs 
because they we're in a similar time as 9-11 where people are seeing the pandemic and really there's nothing like a crisis that's going to lift the veil over what's not working in your life. We've all had this in on a personal level in our life. You lose a family member and suddenly everything shifts for you or even just somebody gets sick and everything shifts for you. But this has been a global shift where people are really seeing things much differently. So, I mean, I've created a lot of shifts even in my own life recently. We want to want to go there. Oh, we do. Right. Okay. <laughs> I think we do. I I love how you're you're framing this and I I totally agree. I think we are going through a great resignation and in that process we're shedding the stuff that isn't isn't working for us anymore to make the space, make the space for something new. And in that, those of us who are mindful to it and aware and awake, we're getting an upgrade. We're getting an upgrade in our energy and our intuitive gifts. So you, you've been going through an upgrade. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Okay. So my, my son and my daughter are in their twenties and they have both left the nest. My son voluntarily decided he was going to become an Israeli citizen. He's, he's 21. So he he lives in Israel and he's officially a citizen. So we don't wow. think he's coming back. And then my daughter, because we decided, my husband and I decided we were we're selling our well, we are selling because we have a buyer and, and there's legal paperwork now, you know, with the contract. We're selling our home of 25 years. Wow, it's in the suburbs, and we are buying an apartment in the city. So, which is does not going to fit all the stuff that we have. And the city being New York City for for our global, well, yeah. Right. So me being myself being from New York, that is there is no other city but right, New York. Right. Okay. Like New Yorkers view of the world, it's like New York is the center of the universe. <laughs> so I'm basically moving for context for people. I'm moving around the corner from Elaine's apartment. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. I'm with you. Oh, that's an awesome neighborhood. Yeah, I, I heard her say it on the on a rerun the other day. Eighty six <laughs> in Bro- or eighty six in Broadway, she told the taxi cab. And I told my husband, oh, we're moving near a lane. That's amazing. I used to live on one nineteenth and Amsterdam. Poor. I was a, a a poor student in New York for a couple of years. Yeah. The, 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 oh, that's so near Columbia. That's like uh Morningside Heights. Correct, correct. Yeah. Yep. So anyway, you're moving. I'm moving and advising. Yes. So first there was getting the house ready because the real estate agents took a look at us as well. You, you're not going to show the house with all these things lying around here. You know, there was a lot of furniture that had to be gotten rid of. And so there was, there was the shedding of things even leading up to presenting the house for sale. So that was phase one. And with, which eat with each thing that we kind of gave away and I didn't, for this stage, I didn't bother trying to sell anything because we were under a deadline to to get the house ready, and I didn't just didn't want to deal, and I didn't think anyone wanted to buy my old fashioned brown furniture anyway. So <laughs> it's not much Never of a know. mark. It's not much of a mark. No, I put some things on for free, and there were very few takers. Like I had to <laughs> expand the reach and like put it, you know. No. So there was the shedding of those layers as each piece went. And it was interesting, Allison, because the piece that we gave away that I found the most triggering was actually this dinky little hall table. I mean, it's not, it's not even a full table. It's like a half table that you stick against the wall, but cause it was the first piece of furniture my husband and I bought together when we were newlyweds. So I don't even really like it that much, but giving it away, it, it was a little bit triggering. So then 
kept giving away, giving away books, getting things, everything ready to sell, to sell the house. Once the house was under contract, now we, the bigger process was getting ready to move. So my daughter, I told you we pushed her out of the nest. She wants to stay in the house. I'm so sorry, honey. Time to fly. This is not time to fly. This is not going to be here. So she's got an apartment and then a lot of stuff went with her. That's to her good. apartment. Yeah. So my husband and I are eating off of the kitchen table right now. <laughs> <laughs> she got all the good stuff. And it's very interesting because there's almost this feeling right now as I'm giving stuff away where I'm getting ready for the afterlife. So the afterlife being New York City, like there's this life here in in the New York suburbs and there's going to be the life in New York City. And what am I taking with me to the afterlife, this next life? So that process has really unearthed a lot of, of things for me. And, you know, I always heard from spiritual gurus of oh, de- decluttering unlocks your creativity. Yeah. 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 Fine. I'll clean my underwear drawer. Let's see what happens. You know, not much, but when you really are unearthing the way I am and painting walls white to get it ready, like all this kind of cleansing and cleaning and decluttering, it really does unblock creativity. So I've even found myself painting in a different way than I did before and wanting to go to that studio table that during the pandemic, I mean, I know we're still kind of in it, but during during the last two years, I felt very creatively blocked, not being able to travel, not having all my in-person things. And suddenly there, it was like the dam broke and I have creatively like pouring out of me all of a sudden again. So it's very interesting. That is so fascinating. You and I have talked before about the five stages of of an upgrade. And one of the stages is the initiation where you get called to do something that is scary or painful or really hard. And then when you, you do it and you follow through on it, you get a reward and it unlocks another door and it gets you ready for your next life, right? Your next phase. And I feel like your example just so beautifully exemplifies that because a lot of this decluttering was pretty challenging, right? It was pretty hard. Oh, yeah. I mean, especially for creative people, I think we have more of a tendency to hoard things. And I I don't mean that necessarily in the mental illness way, but like we just have ideas like, oh, well, we could use that for something. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) Like, oh, all this, all this, like, you know, scrap paper could be part of my next collage. And it was hard, you know, it was basically having a garbage can in my closet full of scrapbook paper, you know, so I was like, okay, I think I can let go of this now. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And letting, letting go of, of one thing that's super powerful is when you let go of things that you're holding on to because of guilt books that you bought that you haven't read or that people have given you and you realize you're holding on to it because you feel guilty you haven't read them. Well, when you let go of that, you're letting go of guilt, which is super powerful to like let go of those emotions, that those negative emotions. And that's really part of what helps unlock this creativity is because you're letting go of all this negativity. Wow. That is really powerful. And how how do you think this relates to this decluttering this letting go, getting ready, saying goodbye to one phase of your life to say hello to something new and potentially better or more expansive, more aligned. How do you think mindset gets involved if we look at using 
some of the things you're talking about to declutter our mind and to declutter this starving artist mentality. And I'm actually seeing it. I've talked to a lot of spiritual entrepreneurs who had really amazing years in 2020 and 2021, despite the pandemic. But I'm talking to a lot of entrepreneurs now who are feeling like they're in a slump. Like I feel like for some, not for everybody, some people are taken off and God bless you if you are. Some people are feeling like they're in a bit of a slump. And I think then that's when the mindset really can come back. Like, oh, I had those two good years, but now it's all over. Now, whatever, the sky will fall. Any, what, what, what are your reflections on some of this? Oh, you said so many good things to unpack. Like I'm like all these little threads I can pick up. Which one do I want to pick up the most? One thing that has happened to a lot of business people, especially those who are like us, Allison, who work from home and work online is that in the beginning, the, the shutting down of the world, it didn't seem to affect us that much. But it really did because what happened is that we're working harder than ever and we're not really taking breaks and vacations. So we become like a race car on a track. So you have some really good times. And somebody told me this analogy recently, and I just think it's brilliant. So if you follow race cars, they have those pit stops where they they fuel up and they change the tires and they do all those things. And the truth is the cars actually don't need to stop. The cars could actually keep going. But the reason they stop and refuel is because by stopping, they can go faster. So it actually, they take the time to stop in the middle of a race in order to go faster. And that is what a lot of us didn't do or haven't done is because, you know, we're not traveling. We're not, we're not stopping and resting in the ways that we're used to. So that is what's leading to this kind of this slumping is because we, we're not refueling. So I, I said my my son moved to Israel. So last week we actually went to visit him. And when I came back, suddenly I was like, oh my gosh, I have all this energy. I didn't realize how much I needed a vacation. And yeah. since we're not leaving our homes, this travel is so difficult. I mean, now the world is opening up, but we're so used to not. We've gotten yeah. into these habits of not doing those things that we really need to do to energize ourselves. That's such a good metaphor. The race car drive metaphor that it's not, they don't need the pause to keep going. They need the pause to go faster. Yes. And then what prevents the average entrepreneur from not stopping is mindset is, you know, if I work harder, then I will succeed, right? If I race harder, if I don't stop to refuel, you know, then the money will come. And we find that that's not necessarily the case. Yeah, I don't think anyone's even doing it on purpose. <laughs> but, you know, it's like thinking, even thinking that way. A lot of it, though, happens during the day there. So I find this with myself. So just on the micro level, not on the macro level where we need to take a vacation, but the micro level of our, our daily habits where we go and we sit down to the computer first thing in the morning instead of maybe going for a walk. So doing the things that we need to put the right energy in, I know that when I, when I start my day at the computer, I might initially have that great burst because you have the best creative energy first thing in the morning, but then I always burn out faster. So when I do take the time to do an exercise class or go for a walk or do these things for myself to put more fuel in myself, I go long, I go, go a little bit, I go faster longer. Yeah. So it's not just about taking vacations. Correct. That is important, but it's not your daily burn. 
Yes. So there's a lot of research that shows that four hours is the maximum that we can maintain that. There's a really great book. The book is called Rest. There's lots of research that he did. He, so he, you know, he's like, he, he's not just like one of these thought leaders like me who just gathers from other people. You know, he does the research himself, you know, a PhD type. So he, you know, researched like musicians and scientists and their habits over time. So everyone from Salvador Dali famously took naps. And Beethoven and blah, 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 blah. Darwin, I hope there's women in this book too. I just can't think of them right now. So, but basically showed that they really, all the different habits that they had and showed how that rest was so important. And he also turned the myth on the head about the Malcolm Gladwell, you need 10,000 hours of work. And he says, yeah, but you also need this much rest as well. So the research that Malcolm Gladwell did didn't show that other side that they need to rest. And there's only a certain number of hours that you can sustain your creativity and your work. Yeah, that's so good. So we're talking decluttering and resting and how this is so important for a creative process and our upgrading. So I can tell you, Miriam, those are two things that I really struggle with. I had two workaholic parents, so lots of modeling. I just got back from a vacation too. And my husband's like, you're not bringing your laptop. And I'm like, well, I'll just bring it because it's tax season and maybe our our accountant's going to need a last minute form and I can just upload it to the portal form. But that's not true. I wanted to work. I mean, like, I didn't want to work, but I didn't know how to stop. Oh, it's so hard. It's so hard. And then it's like, what do you even do when you stop? <laughs> so my family's making fun of me because in the beginning of the, the 2020 p- pandemic, when, when we all thought it was only going to last three months, do you remember that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I decided... Then I would read the complete Harry Potter series from oh, scratch. Right. Yeah. But then I was done in June. <laughs> like, oh, what do I do? You know well, what? Right. So in 2021, when I was writing my book, so I'm, I have a book that I'm working on with Harper Collins. It's Artpreneur and it's coming out in 2023. See how I did that? Um, oh, that's so good. <laughs> so when I have you back to promote it, to talk about it. Yeah, the five P's are in there, by the way. So, uh, okay. So I needed to procrastinate and I needed to rest. And I, the only thing I could think of to do was read Harry Potter again. And there was something to it about reading something I knew was going to be a happy ending. It, something, it, it caused me too much anxiety to read something I did, I hadn't read before. And it was very soothing, like going revisiting these characters and knowing yeah. how the story unfolds. So. I, I reread the entire series again in 2021. That's pretty amazing. I know my daughter's like, are you going to, when are you going to read something different? I was like, I don't know. I, I just don't know what to do with myself. <laughs> I haven't, I haven't read any of the books or watched any of the films. So maybe you seriously, are, I know I'm like the one person on earth. I know that's okay. I, I, I don't know anything about Game of Thrones. Like I, I haven't watched the series or read I, the films. I, I have, I've missed those. I've missed those too, but I think the Harry Potter, I'm a little bit behind. Behind the collective. You but, won't get any of my cultural references. No, I know. Well, I, I kind of piece them together. I intuit what people mean. I know there's Hogwarts. I know this. Yeah, I think it is a hard for a lot of us. And so I like what you're saying. Like you, you found something that put you into a state of rest and a state of play, kind of like a, it was a playful state, state of spaciousness. And it worked for you once and you went, so you went back to the well. I think that was really smart. 
Well, people who are very spiritual will do this by reading the Bible. I mean, they, they've read the Bible. They read the Bible again. They're scriptures. Jewish, Jewish people read the Torah. We reread the Torah from beginning to end every, every year and you find different meaning in it. So there's definitely a tradition of going back to familiar texts that, yeah. that are in a lot of spiritual practices. That's really beautiful. One thing that I do find, I really love foreign language learning. And it's something that I, it just requires time. You know, I, I think, yeah, some people have a brain more wired for it than others, but even the most gifted people with foreign language have taken the time to, it's just re- repetition over and over and over again. And they've taken that time. And I live in Holland now and we sent our child to a Dutch school. And it's really actually a problem that I don't speak Dutch because they don't really want to speak English. And my husband's mm-hmm. fluent and now my daughter's fluent. So I'm the only one in the family. I'm learning it now. I'm, I've got baby Dutch going on, but I find that when I give myself permission to step away from my computer, away from my work and actually like spend an hour with my flashcards, listening to a Dutch, whatever, it's like, ah, it's like, there's just like, ah, there's like this joy. I feel this playfulness. So why do you think like, and I know that I know that I'm going to enjoy it. So why do you think that we have a hard time? Like what, what? Is that a mindset thing? Like what prevents us from doing that thing we know is going to give us rest and play? It is hard. hard. Yeah, it is. I mean, I think this is beyond the scope of what I I do, though, like because I have trouble with this, too. But there is something where people have trouble doing even things that they love. I think some of it has to do, and it depends the reasons why. Is it because they are people pleasing? Is it because they are pushing away desire? This is something that a lot of women are conditioned to do is to not satisfy their own desires a lot, especially American women, because there's that whole tradition of puritanism that it's wrong to desire. So for for women, we're conditioned it's wrong to desire sex and money and power. It's that not allowing yourself to desire. So that is something that uh, I've done this in my art journals. Let me actually, maybe I do know something about this. Yeah. Um, there's something that, you know, just, and I know that like our friend Patty Lennon talks about this as well, is if you can make a list of the things that you want and really allow yourself to go there. One of the things that I work, I do work on with my clients when they're goal setting is they say to me, and this is kind of taking this topic in a little different direction, but they, they'll say to me when they're writing their goals that they're worried about going into, or they, that they do tend to go into more of a scarcity mindset. If they write down all the things they want, but they don't have them, it gives them more scarcity. So what I encourage them to do is when they're doing an exercise with desire is to write, make a list of not only the things that they want that they don't have, but the things that they want that they already have, because it puts you in a state of gratitude. So when you're wanting the things that you don't have yet, you don't have that scarcity mindset, you have more of a state of abundance. So an example for me would be, I want two children, I want a husband, I want to make a million dollars, you know, whatever it is, you know, but, but what you do is you, you intersperse things that you want that you already have. I want a beautiful home or I want whatever it is. And then intersperse that with things that you want that you don't have yet. 
and it will keep you from being scarcity minded while you are acknowledging what it is that you desire. That's really powerful. I love that. So making the list of and and, and you intersperse them, you combine them together. Yes, it's important to do that to like I don't I don't know what rule of thumb is is it like is it every other one I don't know that it really matters but the point is is that while and it's this is different than grat a gratitude practice but it's acknowledging that you want what you already have yeah and I think also it it shows that you have already manifested a lot of the stuff that you want especially in your business right yeah I, I, I think of what I have in my business now like when I first got started I was dreaming of this like I was just pining for it. And now I have it. And I think sometimes I'm like, well, now I want the next thing, right? Now I want my next business goals. But you also want what you already have. So right. I know with law of attraction, it's important to always be acknowledging that you do want what you have so the universe knows to give you, give you more of that. Exactly. Not, so not to take it for granted. Yes. Yeah, so, so, so powerful. So I love this conversation. We're talking about a lot of really really powerful things for soul-guided entrepreneurs. I'm feeling called now to go back to the decluttering. There's something else there that wants to uncover itself. Maybe it has to do with your upgrade, but maybe it is what, since you've just gone through this, and I know this is it, I know you're not like a, a decluttering coach, <laughs> but I think that you just have something really powerful to say on this. What else can you share with our listeners about decluttering and how that could actually open up their doors to more creative possibilities and more income in their business, more joy in their business. Yeah, I, I'm really glad we're going back to this topic. So the thing that I kept asking myself is some, which is, do I want to take this to this next phase in my life is something that everyone can ask themselves, even if they're not physically moving. Because are you holding on to something that is not the person you want to be anymore? Good one. I'm writing that down. Okay. So if you writing down, we were talking before about the goals and what you want in your life. Are the things that you're holding on to going to be things that are going to help you be that next version of yourself? Are these the things that are going to help you evolve to that next version? And if they're not, it's time to let them go. And this is also true, not just of physical things, but also activities that we do in our life. There are so many things that we hold on to in business that like activities that we don't need to be doing anymore. Allison, I don't know if you had this experience or things that we think we have to do. And I know in, in my team, we've done this where we stopped doing them and no one said anything. It was like, oh, guess we don't need that extra session that we thought we needed to do that was taking so yeah. much time or yeah. live streams. Huh? Nobody complained when I stopped doing that. Interesting. <laughs> so there's, there's, there's things, it's not just physical things that you have to let go of. It's also activities that you're doing that you're spending your time doing that maybe don't need to be, you don't need to do anymore. Yeah. That's so good. That's so good. And I think that, yeah. And I think when you get into, and this gets us back to mindset, when you make, sometimes I think too, when you go through this process of decluttering and you go through this asking these super powerful questions, are you holding on to something you don't want to be anymore? When you do say no, like when you do, when you do just decide, no, I don't do that anymore. It's really, it's really powerful. I think that's like, we talk about like, how, how do you do it? How do you do it? It's like some of the stuff we're talking about is really hard, but I think it's sometimes it, 
we maybe in my case, I overcomplicate it, but I think it's just like taking stock and then deciding I don't do that thing anymore. I'm I'm not the person who does that anymore. I'm this new person. Yeah. So much of what we do is people pleasing. Do we need to define people pleasing? Does your audience know what that is? Why don't you? They do, okay. but I think people define it different ways. So how do okay. you define it? I mean, I'm just going to go to the easy example of what one of the things I let go of really fast, which was, and you have a five-year-old, so you can relate to this. And it's the class mom slash baking cupcakes slash themed birthday parties where you (laughs) created all your own favors slash like all these things. So I I remember after kindergarten, my daughter was in kindergarten. I said, okay, I, I am never being the class mom again. I was like, I am letting go of that. But but what people pleasing is, is you do something because you think it's going to please another person or make them think differently of you. And the truth is, it really doesn't even work that way. And you're creating this version of yourself that really is not you anyway. So I am not the mom who bakes cupcakes. And in fact, everyone who has small kids who are asked to sign up to bring something to school, little tip here, my kids were trained to volunteer to bring the napkins, which I kept in the house. So I didn't have to make a special trip. I didn't have to bake anything. I didn't have to buy anything special. It could go in their backpack. I didn't have to drop off the three jugs of juice or water or cut up fruit or anything. It was like, okay, there they knew they had to sign up for napkins. If that was already taken, plasticware and plates, you know, so they, they knew where I stood on that, those things. That's really brilliant. It's so funny hearing you say this because I have a five-year-old and she she's in her second year of school because they start at four here. And because of the pandemic, I was never allowed to walk inside of the school until until this week. So she's been going to school for a year and a half. And this is the first time I have set foot in her classroom because all of that stuff that would require the bringing of cupcakes has been postponed or canceled. Thank God, right. OK. So now it's going to start up again and I'm going to be ready. You have armed me with what I need to know. Freya, volunteer for the napkins. Correct. Yes. And you just stock up on those napkins. (laughs) It's always in the house. How many do you need? That's brilliant. That is so brilliant. Oh, I've had so much fun chatting with you, Miriam. You are so like, you just have a wonderful way to bring things to perspective into life. And you're a brilliant artist and you go beyond being a brilliant artist by helping artists make a real uh, livelihood out of their passions. And I think the work you're doing is just amazing. And I'm a huge, huge fan of you. I want you to tell listeners in a second how they can find you. But before, I would love you to leave our listeners with an invitation. And that is inviting them to do something, be someone, inviting them wherever you wish to go. Okay, so I'm not going to tell you to clean out your underwear drawer because I'm sure you've already done that. I Okay, make that list, that want list that we talked about. Take a picture of it and tag me on Instagram so I can see it. And my Instagram handle is at ShulmanArt. That's S-C-H-U-L-M-A-N-A-R-T. So you can tag me in a post. You can tag me in a DM. You can tag me in a story. That's fine. Just let me know that you heard me on on Soul Guide Radio. And you can tag Allison too. What's your tag handle, me. Allison? At Allison Scammell. Okay. Yes. Two M's and two L's. Two M's, two L's. Actually, four L's. Four L's. Four L's total. Slut right. my name. That's right. That's so funny. Yes. And I am totally going to do that. 
because I feel like I need it. I feel like I need a little a little boost in my energy. So I will be tagging you, Miriam. That is a beautiful, amazing invitation. And your IG handle will be in the show notes. How else can people get into your world and learn more about you? Okay. Well, if you liked this conversation today, then you would love to listen to the Inspiration Place podcast. Allison was a recent guest and I think that podcast will be out before my podcast interviewing you will be out before this one airs. So you can find the Inspiration Place on all the places all the different places. And we actually go through the five stages of spiritual upgrades where Allison really almost interviews me on the podcast <laughs> about how it affected me. And we, it was a completely different conversation about what we chatted about today. And I'm sure you're, you're, you will really enjoy listening to that. It was an amazing episode. I mean, because I think you, you, what you're going through is so perfectly demonstrates how upgrades work. So it was really, really amazing to be part of. So we will put a link to that episode in the show notes as well and other links to get into Miriam's world. And I just have to say one more time, thank you from my heart so much for sharing your wisdom with us today. Well, thank you for having me. This has been a lot of fun. want to thank you so much, dear listener, for tuning in. I really do appreciate you being with me week after week. And as always, until next time, may your soul guide the way. Are you ready to fill your business with soul clients in the next 60 days? Then download my free energy upgrade meditation to amp up your energy frequency dissolve the doubt and attract the soul clients you are destined to serve find the link to download on my website allisonscammell.com as well as in the show notes